0: Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this identity episode, we will get to know who God is at His core, His nature, and character, and what He's like when you encounter Him by some of His names. I like to think of this as getting to know the isness of God. That means the core of who He is, was, and always will be. It's the perfect, unchangeable nature and character of God. In the Old Testament days, people named other people and places based on their direct experiences with them. In the Hebrew language, there are over 950 names of God in the Bible. I have a link in this episode page at the pattyej.podbean.com site with a list of these names, their Bible reference sources, and their meanings by christiananswers.net. Today we'll look at a few of them, and I'll share a story from my own life that reveals God showing up as some of these names. But before we dive into any of that, I just wanted to make a point. God is so much bigger than you will ever understand. My pastor shared an interesting metaphor to show exactly how little we really understand about the difference between God and us. He said it would be like a goldfish in a small bowl looking out at a person in a room and simply wondering and not understanding how can they breathe without water or have any idea what exists outside of that room where the bowl sits. The fish lives in a small world. And while we live in a much bigger world than a tiny fishbowl, the difference between our world and understanding all of God's vastness is no different. The creator is never equal to its creation. Yet we box God in with the limitations of this world when we try to understand Him. Things that we believe to be impossible in this natural realm, we attach to God as limitations as well. So, I really hope that this episode accomplishes the goal of helping you see that God is much bigger than you realize. John 17 3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true supreme and sovereign God, and in the same manner know Jesus, the Christ, whom you have sent. To know in this scripture is the word gnosko. It is an intimate knowing, a heart knowledge, not a head knowledge. God is knowable and created us with the capability of knowing him intimately. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says, For His divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through a true and personal knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. For by these He has bestowed on us His precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value, so that by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of disreputable desire and becomes sharers of the divine nature. The Lord wants you to understand who He is, so you understand what motivates what He does. He was all these things before creation of anything in this world, so He is not able to be more or less of Himself because of you and me. We are not a factor in God's capabilities, yet He shares Himself with us so that we may know Him. I asked the Lord to explain this to me, and He says, I am the Omni-God. I am omniscient. This means I am all-knowing and I am all-truth. I am the source of all wisdom, so there is nothing that I don't know. I am the Word. I have revealed through my Word the truth that is most important for you to understand about me, and I share this wisdom with you. I am omnipresent. This means that I am self-existing. I always was, is, and always will be. I'm everywhere and exist in timelessness. So for me, all things have already happened, are happening, and will happen. I know things about you, not because I'm a puppet master making you do things, but because I've seen you do them already. So if I give you a promise, you can believe me. I am omnibenevolent. This means that I am all love, and all my decisions are motivated by love. I am the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I am omnipresent. I am God Almighty. All strength and power are mine. I am the sovereign King of Kings." Knowing these things about me is enough to equip you to navigate this world and walk on my path for you. All you need to do is read, listen, look, and receive this truth. Hunger for it. Thirst for it. Stay tapped in to the power of the Holy Spirit, to this truth that I give you. I offer it to you so that you may live a life that I have for you and receive the life I ultimately desire for you eternally. All of these omni-truths work together in a magnificent orchestra of God's nature and character. Let's take a look at some of these names and some scriptures that reveal God's nature and how they demonstrate these omni-characteristics and what Jesus has to say about them. We'll break these down into three types of names of God. There are the names that reflect who he is at the core of his nature. Then some names that apply to the nature as they directly relate to you and then names that are really more about us and our relationship with him. I believe that you will see the omni-truths in all of these names. Let's begin with the names about the core of who he is. God is holy, set apart. He is just and righteous, sovereign, and love. The Lord is all these things all the time. He makes us those things when we dwell with him and have a humble and contrite heart. The Lord is these things and calls us to be them too, but we can't be those things. We need him to cover us with them. We are the vessel that contains the Holy Spirit and allow his character to flow through us when he abides in us and we dwell in him. Jesus accomplished this capability for us on the cross. Isaiah 57, 15 says, For thus says the High and Lofty One who inhabits eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, with him who has a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the hearts of the contrite ones. God is love. His loving kindness and truth reveal his compassionate and comforting nature. The Lord said, I am love. This is how you find my love. You abide in the living water. Let it envelop you and fill you and surround you. Immerse yourself in it every day, and it will permeate your being. It will begin to have you feel the 1 Corinthians 13 life of love and joy I have for you. Jehovah Tsidkeno means the Lord is righteousness. This name reminds us that the Lord is good all the time. He's always doing the right thing. He's perfectly just and fair in all circumstances and at all times. Even when it doesn't look like things are fair in the moment and in the natural, the Lord knows the whole story and his justice will be perfectly met, either in this lifetime or the next. El Elyon is the God Most High, and El Shaddai is God Almighty. This means God is the boss of all. Everything is under his authority. He is the sovereign king of kings. He has created everything and therefore is ruler of all. Now, when we head to the second category of names about who he is related to us, we need to remember that we wrap the perfection of all of those original names in with these. In other words, what he does for us is more of a doesness. It is something he is plus something he does. So, all the perfection of the Omnitudes are also related to the names in this category. God is Elohim. That is the name for the Creator. It is also the name for the Trinity. It is a plural word for a singular God, and it speaks of when God breathed and spoke and created all things. He holds all creation in the palm of his hand. Next to the name Jehovah or Yahweh, Elohim is the most commonly mentioned name in the Bible because it is referring to the Trinity. This is what Jesus had to say about this name. He said, There is no life apart from me. I hold all life in the palm of my hands. If I held my breath, all life would cease. I created the sun for the light and in this natural world, but in heaven, I am the light. Light casts out all darkness. Walk in the light. God is the Messiah, your Savior. All parts of the Trinity were involved in making a way for you to be saved. The father was the source of the will to bring you close to him he could not come near to you because of the fall and the curse of imperfection and sin so the father came up with the plan for salvation jesus is the word and the way his perfect sinless life made the way for you to draw yourself to the father and the holy spirit is the power that manifests that way Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to empower you, to draw you near so that you could become more like Christ. And he made you the child of a king of kings and is transforming you into his likeness. The relationship that you have with God because of Jesus earns you some wonderful perks. God reveals hidden things to you. The Lord said, I am so you can trust my lordship because I chart the course for you. I know all and cannot steer you wrong. Daniel two twenty 20-22 says, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to Him. And it is He who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the men of understanding. It is He who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what it is in the darkness and dwells with Him. The Holy Spirit is able to guide you perfectly because he is El Roy, the God who sees you. He's timeless, so he knows exactly the decisions you have already made because of the supernatural truth. So when he gives you a glimpse of a future, you can believe it because it's already happened in his timeless reality. You must cooperate with him. God is El Shaddai, the All-Sufficient One. The Lord says, I am all all might, strength, I am your sufficiency. The key word is all. You have made the correct connection when you discover that when I spoke to the woman at the well about the living water and never getting thirsty again when you drink from it, it's because the river is my all sufficiency. There is no need that I cannot meet. There is no enemy that I cannot beat. It is in the world that you may find challenges, needs, and trials, but through me you have the power to be victorious over all of them. In me you have all that you need. God is your supernatural provider. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide from the supplies of his needs according to his riches and glory in Christ. Jehovah Jireh is able to provide for every need, physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental All needs of the body, the spirit, and the soul. Each part of the Trinity plays a different role in this provision. The Lord said, I know every need before you even have it, so I know the needs that are deep and hidden in your heart, spiritual and emotional, as well as physical. You can trust me because I'm a promise-keeping God. I meet your needs perfectly. Surrender them all to me so I can meet them. This requires your cooperation. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Notice that it was according to his riches and not the limitations of this world. So when you partner with Jehovah Jireh, you're tapping into the resources of heaven. There's an entire episode on this topic that I will have a link below for on this episode of pattyej.podbean.com. God is Jehovah Nissi, which means he is your banner. He fights all of your battles when you allow him to. You need to remember that most of your battles are not even of this world. They are spiritual, and they need to be fought with spiritual weapons, the word of God. In order for Jehovah Nissi to fight for you, you need to stop fighting in your own strength. God is victory when you give him the battle. The Lord said, learn to recognize when a battle is really spiritual. Don't just look at the natural reality. Call up my name, Jehovah Nissi, to come and fight for you. Surrender the battle to me. I never lose. I always win. I am your righteous king. The sweet aroma in my nostrils is surrender and obedience. 2 Corinthians 2:14 2, and 15 says, But thanks to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests us through the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance to Christ to among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Jehovah Shalom means the Lord is peace. I can't borrow his peace. I need to be clothed in it. I need to wear it like a garment. Remember that anything that the Lord is you can't have apart from Him. So you must learn to surrender your worries to receive the peace from Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is Jehovah Shabot, the Lord of hosts, who delivers the righteous. This name is also known as the Lord of the angel armies. And I know that when I'm in the middle of something with God, there are angels surrounding and ministering to me under the authority. Of Jehovah Shabbot. I love learning this new name, and there's an entire episode on this as well. I'll link it below on this episode of pattyej.podbean.com. So you know how to cooperate with the ministry of angels. The Lord is Jehovah Raha, your good shepherd. The Lord, my shepherd, guides me day by day. There is only one road that is right for you. The word says it is a narrow road. It is the road of the Jeremiah twenty nine eleven plans God has for you. It's not just the road to salvation, it's the road to sanctification. That is the transformation of you becoming the Christ identity that God died for you to become. You must abide and make sure you are following that one road. There's also an episode about the shepherd that I'll link below as well. The Lord is Jehovah Shama, which means that the Lord is there. I learned that while the Lord is everywhere present, He is more some places than He is others. God is more present when people seek His face and ask for His glorious presence. There are untold misblessings when you forget this name. God is not distant and unknowable. He is right with you right now. He is as close as breathing. So picture Him as that truth and remember to include Him in everything you do. There's one more thing I'd like to mention about this name. Jehovah Shammah has been with you every single moment of your life. And one of the most powerful healing prayer interventions that you can do is asking the Lord to take you to a scene from a painful memory and see where he was and ask him to give you his perspective on what was going on to see the hearts of the people that wounded you and help have a reframing from God's perspective that leads to healing. God was with you every moment of your life, and he has a perfect memory. The Lord is knowable, and he has a strong tower that you can lean upon. He wants you to draw near and trust him. The Lord said, ask me to be your strength. Ask me what you should desire. I will answer those prayers and show you the way to align with my goodness and promises for you. There are some seasons where this kind of surrender is easier and other times where it's very difficult, but I'm always accessible to you. Allow me to show you the best goodness that I have for you and don't try to find it anywhere but with me. It just doesn't work like that. Which leads us to the names that relate to how God wants us to see him. The name Adonai means Lord. Or, Master. Adon is synonymous with Jehovah and is a plural word for a singular God. So it means that it's representing the Trinity. It speaks of the surrender God wants you to have with Him. He wants to be your Lord, your covering, your leader. God is your Adonai, the Lord of all. To honor that name, you must learn how to surrender all things under His Lordship. His ways are wiser than yours, His plans are better than your plans. The Lord said, trust me in all areas. When I tell you to do something that seems impossible... It's an opportunity for you to push past the borders where your feet could never wander, then see miraculous things happen. True victory and miracles come when you fully surrender to me, your Adonai. Whenever you take the reins in your life and make a decision about something of your own free will without surrendering it to me, you are not only defying my authority as the God most high, but you're making a choice that's never in your best interest. This is true for the big and the small things, so be mindful that you don't miss blessings by following your own way. Psalm 16.2 says, You are my Lord Adonai. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Following, Ed and I will have you learning how to cooperate with a whole bunch of other important names of God. God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. We need to listen carefully to the voice of the Lord and do what is right in his eyes to keep decreeing to receive his healing. The promise of healing in the Bible is for everyone, but it's also conditional. Jehovah Rapha will do his part when you cooperate with your part. You need to trust God for that. Obey his voice. You need to make sure that you're listening and obeying to receive it. You may need to repent of sin or or seek forgiveness. Whatever he says is required, you need to cooperate with. Sometimes Jehovah Rapha heals to build your faith, and other times he heals because of your faith. The Lord said There is no wound too deep for me to heal, no illness too powerful for me, no relationship too broken for me to heal. I am healing for the nations, and I can heal all things, but you must cooperate with me to receive your healing. Believe that I can abide and repent, and keep your eyes fixed on me. Seeking my presence brings my healing power. Exodus fifteen twenty six says If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, God and do what is right in his eyes. If you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on any of the diseases I brought onto the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. God is Jehovah Mekidishkem. This is the Lord that sanctifies and transforms you. Jesus made a way through sending the Holy Spirit to allow this name to become your sanctification. He opens the door to make me justified when I accept him for a salvation. And then I work out my sanctification daily by tuning to the flow of the Holy Spirit, who transforms me more and more into my Christ identity. The Lord said to consecrate yourself unto me is to lay aside your self-identity identity in favor of your Christ identity. This is the path to holiness. Keeping your eyes fixed on me has transformational power for you to become your Christ identity. Leviticus 20, 7 through 8 says, consecrate yourself therefore to be holy for I am the Lord God and you shall keep my statutes and perform them for I am the Lord who sanctifies you. To pull all this together, I wanted to share the story of my first granddaughter Eden's birth in a way that highlights the aspects of God that I encountered through that storm and what I learned about God through prayer in the midst of it. My daughter Jamel had a very rough pregnancy and an extremely terrifying delivery. In her first and second trimesters, she was sick with C. diff an intestinal illness that caused her to lose close to 20 pounds instead of gaining weight. The baby had an unusual umbilical cord whereby the normal umbilical cord has three arteries bringing necessary life-giving nutrition to a growing baby. She was born with only two. Elohim, her creator, makes no mistakes. He had designed her to have this unusual umbilical cord for his own purposes and his glory. The doctors were concerned because in this rare circumstance with an umbilical cord such as this, that there might not be ample nutrition for her to develop properly. But El Shaddai, in his all-sufficiency, gave her exactly what she needed to develop normally. Regardless, she was on target for weight and development for every checkup with the ultrasound. When Jamel's water broke, she lost all of the amniotic fluid. They call this a dry birth situation. The umbilical cord was flimsy due to the missing artery, and it was wrapped around Eden's neck and around her chest. Whenever Jamel had a contraction, the baby was squeezed due to all those conditions, and her heart rate and blood pressure were dropping with every contraction. Jamel's blood pressure wasn't so hot either, and she could only be in one position to help the baby with that situation. It was extra painful and exhausting. Jehovah Roy, who sees, and Jehovah Shama was there for every painful moment. Jamel was losing a lot of blood, and she and the baby were both in grief grave danger. Meanwhile, all four of the grandparents were in the waiting room waiting for updates and we knew things were not going well and that she was going to need an emergency c-section. So we went to the chapel and prayed to Jehovah Rapha, the great physician and healer, to come and heal and protect, and for Jehovah Shalom to give all of us peace in this extremely scary situation. I sent an emergency prayer chain text to a couple dozen prayer warriors to join us in this prayer. When Eden came out of the womb by C-section, she didn't breathe for a full six minutes. Six terrifying minutes. They coded her, indicating that there was no pulse or breathing. Her daddy, Nick, was filming for about four minutes and then shut it off because he didn't want to continue recording if he believed that she was gone already. Then, without intubation, she started to cry. The nurses whisked her off to the NICU, forecasting the next 24 to 48 hours would be critical and that she would likely be in that unit if she survived for many, many days. We praised Jehovah the Lord for saving her life. On the way home, we got an encouragement message from one of the nurses that said she would be okay and that the Lord reminded me of a vision he had given me months before of me reading a book to my granddaughter on the couch upstairs. I felt the peace of Jehovah Shalom that was with her, that she would be perfectly healed and whole. I was able to rest in his arms and trust that he and Jamel would be just fine. I knew Jehovah Ra'ah, her good shepherd, had amazing plans for her and that her life would start off in such a miraculous way. Eden was in the NICU for only two days. She responded as if she had not had this ordeal. She began to thrive enough that they released her back to her mother's room. It was several days later that three people that did not know each other from that prayer chain separately contacted me and shared that they all saw Jesus placing his mouth over her nose and mouth and breathing life back into her lifeless body. Jesus, the great physician and healer, breathed life back into that precious little baby's body Thank you, Lord God. Her story reminded me that Jehovah Roy sees her, that Jehovah Shama was there with her. Jehovah Rapha healed her. Jehovah Shalom covered us all with his peace. And we got through that night because we were praying the names of God over the situation, not allowing the fear to take us over. I thank the Lord that it was his will for her to live and for the treasure that she is to all of us. Eden is six years old today and is developing exactly as she should for her age. She had no brain damage or developmental disabilities. She's a happy, healthy girl. Jehovah Raha, her shepherd, has a plan for her life. He took her back to heaven for a short while and gave her a special birth story that she would know that God loves her enough to save her life and bring her safely to her mom and dad and the rest of us. Interestingly, her first language was her heavenly tongue. Speech therapists were baffled because she was using all of the letters properly, but just speaking an unknowable language. My dear colleague Isabel was working on her dissertation on childlike faith at the time, and she confirmed from a video that I took of Eden speaking that she was, in fact speaking in tongues. Eden learned English along with her tongue and still speaks both languages today. I have a sweet memory of reading a Bible story book with her when she was about four. She had long cut up to English by then, but she took the book from my hands and told me that she wanted to read it to me. And then she spoke in tongues as she flipped through the pages. She has such a sweet spirit. And she is such a treasure. Thank you, Jehovah Rapha, for healing our sweet Eden. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus's presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After you have played with Jesus in the special place for a few minutes, ask him to show you a time that he showed up in your life As one of the names that we talked about in this episode, ask him to show you which name of God he wants you to trust in in this season of your life, and he may show you something that will build that trust. Take all the time you need and allow Jesus to address anything that he has on his heart for you. Make sure you record it all in your journal. Well, I hope that breaking God's names down into bite-sized pieces helped you to enlarge your idea of who God actually is in your life. I hope you were blessed with the realization that God has been these things for you and will be those for you in the future. All you need to do is remember to call on him and draw near to him. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it and check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus name.